Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sex, Love, and Injectables. I am your host, Heather, and I have my guest, same guest as last time, Sam. She's with me to continue speaking about aesthetic treatments. And um, yeah, I don't have to introduce you because you already were introduced, but I did surprise her. We're doing Instagram Live during this as well. So thank um, God for a filter. <laughs> I did put a fil- <laughs> it filter. And it's like an anti filter movement right now, but I'm here for it. It's uh, it's it's working for us. So especially on a Monday. So, anyways, okay. So the aesthetic series, we talked about, you know, just kind of all in general, what I like to do with clients and what Sam likes to do with clients. The second episode, we talked about my favorite drug, which is Botox. And then in the next part of this, we're going to start talking about my second favorite drug, which is filler. So a little bit about filler. Filler is I use it to restore volume. As we get older, you lose about a teaspoon of volume every decade after 30. And the only way to replace the volume is to restore volume. But I think that filler is probably one of the most scary treatments for clients because they're scared that they're not going to look like themselves. So I'm excited to dive into this because we're going to talk about why filler is not scary. We're going to talk about you know, the process to which we take for full facial rejuvenation, as well as treating specific areas like the most common area that we see, which is lips, which we, I mean, we both personally know very, very well. So on that note, let's just, let's just dive in and start talking about it. Let's, I'm going to, I want to hear your approach. Whenever a, a client comes in to see you, you know, we already talked about Botox, so we don't need to get into that, but Whenever somebody, let's say they're in their 30s and 40s, how do you take that approach with them when they come in to see you asking what they should do with filler? So with consultation, if they're coming in, generally, you know, I get to know them, all that kind of stuff. But then I also ask them, you know, primarily what brings them in just sort of, you know, I can figure out sort of what they want without saying like, Hey, you need this. You sort of have to fill them out. Cause you obviously don't want to insult them. A lot of times they're vulnerable, all right. that kind of stuff. Um, but then we, it's generally lips and cheeks that are my most popular services, lips, especially. And the number one thing that comes out of their mouth is I don't want to look fake. They're worried about looking like their friend or, you know, some famous movie star, who knows? Uh, I hate when they bring and up a friend when I'm like, Oof, you I know. just, I just shoot r- straight to the point. I'm like, even if I wanted to make you look like that, I couldn't, even if I tried. No. So, well, and that's the, that's the thing. It's, it's a fine balance between trying to educate people on, you know, what amount is appropriate. And, you know, a lot of times it's a lot more than what people think. I really just feel like, with the overfilled face syndrome, that's what I like to call it. If you're not, if you aren't familiar with that, that means that you are trying to use filler to create tightness in the face and you can't do that without looking overfilled. So I think, I think it's the product of somebody that's either jumping around from injector to injector and they're just getting filler way too often or, and I mean this in the most respectful way possible. It could just be that the injector looks a little overfilled. And so we begin to normalize that look. When you look that way, you get used to seeing that. And so then the same thing happens with the client. So I don't know, it's a, it's a multitude of reasons. It's unfortunate, but that's why I'm so excited to talk about filler because, you know, I'm going to share my personal plan with it. I'll, I'll make Sam share her personal plan with it, which I don't think you cared about. I like, I don't think we in this room have any worries about telling what we do because no. that's, you know, that's our job. So personally, the approach that I like to take with clients whenever they come in is to do exactly what you do. I like to get to know them, you know, find out what their favorite feature is about themselves, find out what's bothersome. And then we dive into the education realm. So the aging process, you know, mother nature is a rude bitch. There's no way around it. She's an asshole. And there's one thing that we are all guaranteed to do, and that is to age. And so, you know, realistically, I mentioned this in, in previous episodes before, my goal is not to make somebody look younger. I'm not trying, like, I won't tell my client that I'm going to take 10 years off your life. And a lot of people don't like 
a lot of injectors completely rebuttal that. They're like, no, that's what the client wants to look younger. I get it. I get that that's the goal for, for them, but actually the goal is not to look younger. The goal is to feel good about the age that you are, but to help you feel like the best version of yourself at that age possible, because that's what beauty is, right? It's the, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but I also believe that it starts from within. And there's just something about carrying yourself with confidence that helps you appear your best version of yourself. So, um, but I do think interventions such as injectables help with that. Um, I was on a a podcast called I'll take double that airs next week that, you know, we were talking about this as well. Um, you know, there was, and it was with guys, so you have to dumb it down a little bit with the gentleman. And I don't mean that in a mean way, but just guys like it simple and it's hard to explain it to them. But their argument was, you know, what happens if you get the person that comes in that wants to be all natural and fights you and says, why don't you just age naturally? Well, my fight to that is why wouldn't you take interventions to help build your confidence and help you feel refreshed and rejuvenated if it's available? And it's kind of like when you go to the gym and this is a hard one because I know going to the gym is healthy and there's other benefits to going to the gym other than just going and building muscle The you know, the other benefit is that your muscle is going to grow. And when your muscles are growing and you're fit, you're more confident about yourself. So I can rebuttal that and say, well, why do you go to the gym? Because why don't you just let your muscles do what they're going to do? You know, why do you have to take those extra interventions to do that? So I don't know if that's a good comparison or not. You still can look natural. Yeah. So we'll just call it natural. Yeah, anyways. we're just going to call it. So I don't feel like taking interventions with injectables makes it to where you're not aging naturally. I think it just helps you age gracefully, if that makes sense. So that's my little rabbit hole on there. And then for those that are, I know that we're airing this episode tomorrow, but if you are on the Instagram live right now, please feel free to ask questions as we talk about filler and we will answer them as they come in. Cause I know a lot of people are just, they just don't know. And sometimes that can be overwhelming. And when you're overwhelmed, then you just decide to just exit. So going back you know, my client comes into my office. I ask them those questions about, you know, what do you like about yourself? What do you dislike about yourself? We go into the aging process. So again, with that, we lose a teaspoon of volume every decade after 30. There is no cream. There's no magic potion. There's nothing that's going to restore that volume unless you actually replace it with something that is volume. So on the non-surgical side, we are blessed to have hyaluronic acid based fillers. There's also calcium fillers and I don't know, there's that's, more permanent that's ones. Yeah. But... There's more permanent ones like Bellafil. Um, on the surgical side, you know, they do fat graft or is it not fat grafting? Am I saying that right? Fat, they take fat from somewhere else and then they inject it into the face. And, and a lot of people don't realize this, but even when you go get a facelift, you still need something that's going to restore that lost volume. So that's typically what they do with the facelift as well. So we talk about that. Um, you know, the other thing that happens is we have a lot of shifting taking place in our face. We have fat pads that fall. And it's funny because I have a diagram that shows what a person looks like in their thirties, forties, and fifties. And every client says the same thing. They're like, well, it just looks like you just get angrier the older you get, uh, which, you know, that, that is the case if you're not taking interventions, but you know, again, you can do these things. So once we go through that process, depending on the person's age, which we can dive into this a little bit further as well, that's going to determine what we need to do. So to, to just, to dumb it down a little bit, if it's something, if it's not related to facial rejuvenation, if it's related to augmenting something, for example, the lips or the nose, that's a quick and easy conversation. There's different fillers that we can use and we can augment the lips and be done with it. If it's something more complex, like facial rejuvenation, there's a certain sequence that we need to do to ensure that we're doing it the right way in the most natural way possible. So for me, anytime you're over the age of 30, you're going to start seeing that volume loss. And, you know, you might see more under eye, you know, volume loss there where you see more under eye 
not baggage, but just a deepening in the crease that makes you appear more tired than what you want to appear because we are tired. We're just trying to not look tired. Um, but you may see that you may see deepening in the smile lines. You might see, you know, volume loss in the lower face, regardless of where you're seeing it. And this is where it gets kind of confusing. We're not going to just poke the needle in the area that you're pointing to. My goal is to hit it, the, the root cause of the issue. If we're, if we're just hitting the symptom of the root cause, we're not really doing our job. In fact, that can make it look worse. And I've had a lot of clients that have been places that have, have taken it, you know, in that approach and I'm not dissing them. Everybody has their own way to do things, but personally I don't. So I have a lot of people that when they do that, they actually feel like it caused their face to look heavier or more masculine or bulky. Um, but I like to start in the mid face area in the cheeks, which is one of your most common things. A lot of people like the cheeks for two reasons. The younger ones want to have, you know, a higher looking cheekbone. You can slenderize the face by doing cheeks. But for me, the main purpose is to restore that lost volume and to give the illusion of lifting. I think, and you could tell me in your training what you've learned, but the there is an there's a big misconception out there that filler lifts things up. Filler can't really lift it up, but it gives the illusion of it appearing lifted because we're lightening up shadows that make the face look droopy. Do you got do you no, did you get that? Cuz you know, and I've seen people are like, "No, we're going to do a liquid facelift." Yes, you can call it that, but it's not actually lifting things up. The only way you can lift things up is either surgically or by doing skin tightening treatments. So going back, I start in the mid face area and I asked, you know, the, the followers to leave me questions on filler. And one of the most common things that was asked was how much filler should I expect? That also depends on what you look like. Um, you know, asking, asking an injector, especially over a direct message on social media, how much something's going to cost, because I'm sure you get this all the time as well, is near impossible because we can't see your face. And so then the next question typically is, well, I'll send you a picture or they'll just go ahead and send you, you know, 20 pictures and different angles. And that's great. I can kind of tell. But that also depends on what lighting we're using, what angle you're shooting in. You know, there's no there's no substitute for doing an in-person consultation. So typically I would suggest starting with two to four syringes in the cheeks. And, and that again, it depends on how much volume loss. And so for my newbies, they're like, Whoa, that sounds like a lot. One syringe is only a fifth of a teaspoon. And if you were listening earlier, you lose a whole ass here. I'm going to get, I'm going to get so much shit for saying whole ass this entire like season of sex, love and injections. I like to thank my boyfriend for that. <clears throat> yes, I just made that announcement on on my podcast. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Now it's official. Uh, it's official. <laughs> so um, here I'm like sweating now. Anyway, so two to four syringes. So it takes five syringes to equal a teaspoon. So when you're looking at the cheeks, depending on how old you are, determines how much volume loss that you've had. Also, we, you know, look at not just how, how much volume loss, but also if you've had interventions before. So that's going to determine how much filler you're actually going to need. So it, like I was saying, it's a fine balance. I'm not ever going to make my client look overfilled. Um, in fact, I do a lot of dissolver for that very reason, but a lot of times people don't expect it to be that much, but I will say for cheeks, that's probably one of the most common areas that when I do treat it in two weeks, they're like, oh, I don't really see too much of a difference. That's the point. You don't want to see too much yeah. of a difference. We're just trying to subtly highlight the face again to make it appear lifted. So, um, I'm going to bounce it back to you. So when, whenever you're addressing cheeks, how do you take that approach? What do you do in your consultation? I agree um, with everything you just said and along with the consultation via like Instagram, that's why it's so hard. And I'm not trying to be like a pain in your butt about telling you, you need to come in same way with a plastic surgeon. You're not going to have a consultation via um, DMS on Instagram. Another thing on that is once you start injecting, everyone's different. Um, we're giving you a guesstimate on how many syringes and me and her, we have a pretty conservative approach. We want you to look the best version of you. We don't want you to change your face. But also when we start injecting, 
everyone's tissues a little bit differently in their bone structure. Sometimes if I say, hey, you need two syringes, but I can be injecting you and I'm like, actually, we need a little bit more right. or yeah. less, that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm not going to just range. push it in there just because I think you need it and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's I agree all about- with that you know, the natural approach and being completely honest. It's not because I'm trying to steal your money no, at all. No, that we're not, we're not in the game to steal your money because that will bite you in the ass in this industry. The goal is to keep you as a client for as long as you decide you want to do injectables, which hopefully is forever, you know? Um, okay. So Candice Burr, Candice Burr, I hope, I hope I'm saying that right. On my Instagram live is asking if threads actually do work. Some people say that they don't notice a huge difference. I, yes, we're going to have a whole episode that is going to be devoted to skin tightening treatments. And part of that is going to be with threads and I would, I will go into depth, but the short answer to that is I have seen amazing differences with threads on my clients. And so I will support them until the end of my career, until they come up with something better, which that's the fun part about aesthetics. They always do. So I think it heavily depends on the type of threads that you use and the person placing them and the, the amount. amount of threads that you do. And I always tell my clients, I charge per area on threads. And so if in two to four weeks, you're not noticing a huge difference after we review your photos, typically that's when people are like, okay, yeah, I do see a difference, but maybe we need to add a little bit more. So that's, that's always something to think about. So, um, thank you for that question. Uh, moving forward. So once we address the mid face, it gets a little bit more customized from there and it depends on what bothers you. And that's what I spoke about whenever I first started this series, I'm here to partner with you and, and try to determine a treatment plan that's going to work best for you. So what I see, what I've been trained to look for might not be something that you even notice. And so there's that fine balance again, where I want to help you figure out what treatments that we should do to make you feel more confident with yourself. But I also don't want you walking out like, man, I walked in there and she like pointed out all these things that I need to do. I didn't even notice that that was something that bothered me. So I don't want to build a complex either. Um, uh, so, you know, I like to give my input on what my suggestions would be in a very nice way, but at the end of the day, you're the person that's looking in the mirror every day. And so I want to make sure that it's for your best benefit and not just what I have been trained to do. So with that, you know, once I treat the mid face, which I compare to the foundation of the house, the house being your face, once we build that foundation up, then the lower and the upper face are kind of interchangeable to me. If I'm noticing that you have really deep under eye circles, which We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more too, because tear troughs are tricky. tricky. Yes. Oof, they are tricky. Do it right. The first you time. Less is more. Um, you know, if I notice that, then we're going to go after those next. Whereas if I'm noticing a lot of jowls, which is, you know, the lower face area, then we might be attacking the lower face first. Some people will say, no, go top to bottom. But I, I really do think that to be in this industry, you have to have an artistic eye. So not everybody fits that mold. So again, it's just heavily customized. So we'll just say that we're going to move on to the upper face. Upper face, most common areas to be treated are under the eyes and temples. Would you agree? I agree. Never in between the brows. If you have an injector at this point, not yet. I mean, they're working on it. I've seen some plastic surgeons do this and, and I will give all of them these clients, but don't ever put filler in your forehead at this point. I might go back and change that if they decide that it's, there's a safer way to do that. So with tear troughs, you know, it's kind of the same situation. There's different fillers out there and think about the filler as being your paint and the face is the canvas. So we have to pick a paint that's appropriate for the goal that we're trying to accomplish. So I like using Restylane regular. I also like using Versa. Um, yeah, I think those are the only two. Do you have any others that you use? No, I'm on the same boat as you. I don't yeah. like to use any Juvederm fillers to that area. No, I don't either. I mean, shout out to them, but I just haven't found one that I appreciate in that area. So, and what we're trying to do is, is 
you know, lighten that circle. But if you put too much, then it looks worse. So with tear troughs, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're prospective client looking for this treatment, the biggest suggestion I have is just to do your research, um, you know, make sure that they have really good before and afters, but also know that there's, I'm guilty. We're never going to post any bad pictures. So, you know, and I'm not, this isn't me telling on myself, but we just don't, we're going to post our best before and afters. So it is the client's responsibility to then come in and ask, okay, well, what things can go wrong? Um, how much experience do you have? What's your medical background? You know, all of these things are important when you're trying to assess whether or not you're going to use that injector. So I don't know. What do you have to add for tear troughs? Anything? I'm the same way. It has to be done right. It's still a tricky area. I honestly turn away more than I do accept because there's a lot of different things that go into it. Laxity, all that kind of stuff. If your skin is too thin, I'll probably tell you we need to do some collagen collagen induction therapy before we do that, like PRP to the under eye injections, that kind of stuff. Because if we put the filler right there and your skin is paper thin, you're going to see it. It's going to look lumpy, bumpy. And then you're going to be back in my chair in a few weeks saying, let's dissolve it. Exactly. (laughs) So So, yeah. And PRP, if you're not familiar with it is similar to, um, I can't even say it because it's trademarked, but it was a very popular facial. But basically what we're doing is we're drawing out your... Think Kim K. The Kim K, Kim yeah. K facial. So, but we're drawing out your blood. This is going to kind of sound kind of icky, but we draw your blood, spin it down. And what we see is this gold liquid that has a lot of regenerative ability or capabilities in there. And all that means is we're able to thicken that tissue because the tear trough area is one of the thinnest areas and one of the earliest to show signs of aging. So that that's that area. I think that covers it. Temples. I don't do a lot of temples. I think temples are one of the ones that can really be overly done. I think if they're too much done, um, it can make the eyes appear smaller and not appealing. So I think if you treat it, treat it in a true patient that has volume loss just enough to just restore that volume loss. I just recently did my own. Yeah, you did. Just, you know, over time, you know, you get bone loss right in here. And also I've been doing my cheeks as well. And I was afraid of getting that typical peanut head look. So I just did a little bit right there just to give a little bit youthful appearance. Yeah. But I appreciate that. It's not the most common procedure, but I've done it here and there. I was going to say, so do you have a lot of clients that you, you do temples on or no? It's not super common. If anything, I'm pointing it out to them because they don't realize that they even need it. So that's fair. All right. So moving on then. So, so far what we've talked about is, you know, facial rejuvenation. We start in the mid face always, if you're over 30, then we move on to either the upper or lower. So we talked about upper now let's talk about lower. So a lot of people do have complaints of jowling and, and really whenever we're determining this, here's what is going to go into how you're going to age. What is your lifestyle? What are your genetics? Have you been baking in the sun? Do you take care of yourself? All of these things to kind of factor into how you're going to age. So, you know, one thing I always ask my clients is look at mom, look at grandma, see, maybe, I mean, now we're all kind of doing stuff. So you could look at mom, but she might be getting some injectables too. So, but look at those things because that's probably what you're going to be looking at in the future. And we can address it now preventatively. We don't have to do you know, Phil, it's one of my favorite things. Whenever I tell people all of the shit that I put in my face, they're like, you don't need to do all that. I don't need to do all that because I've been doing all that. So, right. I mean, I feel like that's, that's the case. So moving on to lower face, the biggest concern people have is that pre jowl, you know, underneath the jawline where you start to see sagging in the skin and shadowing. Cause you do lose, you lose bone density there as well. So jawline is a very popular procedure, even for my twenties. And, and I do a lot of jawline in my 20 year old clients, but you know, the goal in thirties and forties and beyond is to restore that lost volume and just to continue with that sharp jawline definition that we're all trying to get the Angelina Jolie. She has like jawline for days. Um, but you know, again, you don't want to do too much because you can make the jawline appear very masculine. So, um, but yeah, so that's lower face and in a nutshell, 
What about what about you, Sam? How do you address lower face? Pretty much the same way. Um, my favorite to inject is the chin. So the chin, I feel like the chin is kind of the new lip augmentation and, you know, and it's not, it's again, it's still something that you have to proceed with caution. Make sure you go to the right injector for everything, but chins I think are great because we do see more recessed chins the older we get and adding some chin just does some magical stuff. I, I like, I do no, mention too all the time. I completely agree. And then, you know, people that overfill their lips, I'm like, let's do your chin. Let's balance that side profile. Yes. Um, or someone that's coming in for jawline and jawline eats up a lot of syringe of fillers. So starting with your chin can make all the difference. And then even in the older clientele, um, treating around the mouth makes all the difference as well, giving that more yeah, youthful appearance. I agree. So I think, um, one of the questions too was how, well, cost is one of them. Cost is just going to be something that I recommend people coming in for a consultation for, and you can break up your treatments. You don't have to do, you know, mid face, upper face and lower face all at once. A lot of times I'll have people come in and do the mid face, wait a couple of weeks, do the lower face, wait a couple of weeks, do the upper face. And then, and this was another question. What's the maintenance like on it? A lot of these fillers last up to two years. That does not mean that in two years, you're going to come back and get the same amount of filler because you still have to remember that you're still aging and losing volume. Um, so I prefer to see my clients once a year just for touch-ups and juice, like just to add a little bit. And, um, so at this, and this was another popular question I got, if you get filler and you decide to stop, is your skin going to look saggy? No, no. And, and you see this, if you doctor Google this, you'll get so much controversial answers over it here. If you, if you really, really think about it, okay, you're again, you're still aging. So the skin over time is going to lose that elasticity. It grows just like every other organ. It's rude. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. It just happens. So like, let's say you've been getting filler for 10 years and then you decide to just get it all dissolved out. When it's dissolved out, you're going to feel like you are more saggy because you still, you got older. And, um, and so it doesn't, it would take an astronomical amount of filler to stretch the skin out. And if you have that much filler to stretch the skin out, you have too much filler in your face. So, so yeah, don't be, I wouldn't be worried about that. Um, long-term effects was another good question. You know, what we're putting in, I mostly inject hyaluronic acid-based filler, which it's a natural occurring substance in the body. It's very safe. So, you know, I I personally have not seen any long-term side effects from filler. Um, you know, the biggest side effect is that you feel better and more confident. So, but yeah, I mean, there's always risks and implications with getting filler. There's always a chance for infection. Anytime you break through the surface of the skin, you're going to be at risk for an infection. Just, you know, wash your hands, make sure that you take care of yourself. You're not touching on it after your injectable. Um, somebody asked what the rate of hypersensitivity is to it again, because it's a natural occurring substance. I've never experienced anybody have an allergic reaction to their filler. Saying that I know some injectors have, um, most commonly in the lips, but it's almost like, is it an allergic reaction or are you just super swollen right after injection? Have you yeah. had that? Have you had anybody have an allergic reaction? I have with some of the Vicross, like over time. Right. Um, but and it's very, very, Juvederm. yeah, it's very, very rare. Um, I inject a lot of lips. So that was, you know, surprising to me, but I sort of like, steer away if you have a, like autoimmune issues, that kind of stuff. But honestly, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. No, I mean, no. And like, do you have people that come in and they're worried about having a sensitivity to it because they have sensitivities sen to, to like everything? Yeah. I, I have sensitivities to like scratching my neck and it's red two seconds yeah, later, but same. I react perfectly fine to fillers. So Again, you know, whenever you're comfortable, do it. But I don't think you should worry too much about it. No, and there's always an option to do a patch test. I don't know. I've never had to do this. but And I always tell people, like, we can open it up and put a little blub to see what happens. But you still have to purchase the whole syringe. So, uh, you know, if you get it, the, the beauty about going to the right person to inject your face is that if you do have any kind of complication, we know how to manage it. And, and ask if they have that reversal agent in the refrigerator. For sure. <laughs> yeah, please. Just saying. Yeah, no, that's always a good thing. Uh, another question we got was pain level. 
So, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this again. We're putting needles in your face. Okay. It's not going to feel great, but it's going to be worth it. So everybody reacts to pain differently. It's super subjective. Um, I mean, I've had people say that it was, you know, a painful experience for them. And I've had people that are literally like asleep in my chair while I'm injecting. So it's all mental. I think so too. 99%. Yeah. Mental. So, I mean, you can't really put a number on it, but I would say lips are probably the most uncomfortable treatment that you can do just because they're super vascular. We, we use our lips to touch, to taste. I mean, there's a lot of things going on there. You do you use them a lot. Okay. So, um, I think that's probably the most uncomfortable thing. Everything else I think is pretty not painful. No in my opinion, but I have a high pain tolerance, but yeah, knock on wood. I haven't had anyone run out of the room yet. So they were able to finish their treatment and did just fine. So. Yeah. So let's talk about what, what do you do for your personal treatment plan? Similar to what we discussed about with Botox, I, you know, bring them in, introduce myself, um, get to know them, sort of make them feel a little at home and basically start out with, you know, that awkward question of, you know, what your favorite thing is about yourself and then sort of get yeah. onto that. But topic no, like of, you personally, oh, yeah. Your face, what's in there? Oh, in my face currently. Yes. Oh, what is in my <laughs> face? Um, cheeks, a lot of it. Um, cheek filler naturally, uh, genetically I was pretty flat in my mid face. So if I were to show you a before and after you would be like, holy crap. But yeah. I don't think that I look overfilled. I, feel, haven't but you, I think you, posted that at some point yeah. and it could be somebody else that posted like, this was me 10 years yeah. ago and we like, none of us had lips oh, yeah, and or I had eyebrows. No lips I had with. no eyebrows either. Well, can we discuss just for a second why they thought it was going to be okay for us to pluck all of our eyebrow hairs out and then draw them back in with a line? Like, can we just for a second, just try to figure that Thank out God for microblading? Thank God, which you do that too. So you can totally plug that in at any well, time. I, I saw an old pic from college and it was real bad. So my, my roommate at one I point had, had been like, here's my pencil. I had sperm, them sperm brows, sperm brows. <laughs> um, if you don't know what that is, a sperm brow is where you, it's that you have a head and a tail that looks exactly like a sperm or a question mark on or the side. Or it was, it was a really unfortunate time in my life. I had no friends because none of them told me that either. So I'm like, no, my roommate at the time after I got back from the waxing place was like, here, fill those in before you go out. And I'm like, oh, I think they are getting pretty thin. Yeah. So so if you, if you suffer from the more politically correct term is tadpole brows, but it looks like a sperm. If you suffer from that, just know that there's things that we can do to help that as well. Maybe that, that might be like a whole, that's going to be a whole episode We'll, we'll get Jessica, Jessica shout out at Fort Worth brows. She saved my eyebrows lives, lives. Didn't you just get yours done too? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Thank you so much. I mean, no, literally, I think eyebrows are the curtains to the eyes and curtains are important. So yeah. Anyways, going back to filler. So you get a lot of shit in your face. Yeah. I get a lot of shit in my face too. And you can put filler literally anywhere. Um, my treatment plan, you know, obviously we all know I do Botox. It's like candy for me. I love it. Um, it's the longest wait of my life to wait for it to kick in. But when it does, I want zero movement. I want nothing to be happening. I want you to look at me and be like, I don't know if you're upset or not, but you look pleasant. So <laughs> that's my the goal. Best feeling ever. That's my goal. Right. I got a thumbs up for that one too. Thank you for the affirmation on my IG life. So, um, yeah, so filler wise, I, I do cheeks. Um, I've probably tried to get injections once a year. So I really try not to over inject. I have to have accountability because I think all injectors suffer from just a little pinch of body dysmorphia, just a little sprinkle of it because we're constantly in the mirror critiquing other people. So then what are we going to do when we walk by a mirror? You're going to be like, Oh shit. Like I need to put stuff in my face. So I have, I have people that will tell me, um, you know, if I put too much in there and I'm very thankful for those people. And I've had it happen once where they're like, your lips are a little overfilled. So I shout out Alexa for that. 
too. I appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah, she did. I'm like, it's fine. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to go cry in my room. But um, yeah, I I survived that critique. The other part of that is anytime I was in a bad mood or like had heartbreak or somebody pissed me off, the girls knew that I was in my room injecting myself. Don't do that. It's not healthy. Okay. Like one time I walked by, see you in the mirror. I'm like, what are you doing? You know what I'm doing. <laughs> don't And don't talk to me about it. I don't want to hear it until later if it looks bad. But yeah, do, do as I say, not as I do approach on that one. We want you to get injections in the most simple way possible and on a schedule. It It's not as overwhelming as it sounds. Whenever you see me, like I really try to make my consultation process pretty streamlined so that whenever you walk out, you feel comfortable and confident um, and not, and, and it's a no pressure consultation. I have several people that are like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do it. My response is don't do it then wait until you're comfortable, go home, write down questions because you're not going to remember all the questions that you want to ask, come back do another consultation. If you have somebody that's like ready to stab your face, like a dartboard, I just feel like that's a red, fl- that's a red parachute coming down. And I would run from that. So, um, but yeah, going back. So I do my cheeks, I do my jawline, I do my tear troughs, I do my lips. Um, I don't know where I, do- I guess the chest down, except I have my, my hands have filler too. So if you're not familiar with that, it, it helps with aging hands. The skin gets Thin, and if you add filler in there, it looks more youthful. Have you do you have filler in your hands yet? No, but we can try it next time. Yeah, we can do yeah. that for sure. But yeah, my whole face filler everywhere. So yeah, best thing ever. It's the best. I mean, it really is. I love filler day too because unlike Botox, you see the results immediately. You do have swelling, but immediately. So what what would you tell a client to expect after getting, we'll say, lip filler? The healing process. Let's go into that a little bit. My favorite phrase is don't love or hate for the first 10 days. So if you love it, you're going to be back in my chair in a few weeks. I'm just telling you right now, if you hate it, it'll be fine. You can still send me those crazy messages. Um, I'll be here for it, but I promise you, you'll thank me later. It will calm down. Uh, Take a Benadryl, sleep with your head, elevated ice, all that kind of stuff. But I'll be the first one to say I still walk by the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, I overdid it. I did it. It happened this time. I overdid it. I'm going to dissolve it. I have sausage lips, but (laughs) I should know better by now that. What are sausage lips? Like actual sausage. I'm I'm envisioning like two bratwurst just sitting on top of it. Well, that's what they sort of look like after. I just wanted to get that. I just wanted to give everybody a mental picture of what that looked like. Oh, actually, you can do it right now. They have that new pillow face filter. Put that on. Do you know? I got that from so many (laughs) clients and I was like, shut, put that. No. I mean, I had a little fun with that. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So yeah, I I tell my clients that, no, go ahead. You have more on sausage lips. Let's hear it. This could be another topic, but I have to add it since we're talking about fillers. I feel a certain kind of way about it. The hyaluron pen. Run. Oh my God. No, I just got triggered in here. I just got triggered. I got goosebumps in the worst way possible. Guys, for the love of I had another client ask me about it. You know, she's like, I totally trust you. But my sister went and got, you know, the hyaluron pen. What's your, what's your take on it? Run, Uh, run. I, man. Yeah. That hurt my soul. I'm like, for the love, for the love of everything. I always go on rants on Instagram about it. So I'm like, I can't be the only one that feels that way. I'm glad that you brought that up because if you're not familiar You're probably going to be because we're talking about it. So now it's going to pop up on everybody's feed. And it's sort of newer. I mean, just go on your Amazon store. You can buy it yourself. So you can buy it on Amazon. I don't recommend zero out of 10 recommendation for that. So the Hyaluron pen is marketed as a needless approach to building volume to the lips. And so because they're marketing it as such, anybody can do it. You can work at Subway on Monday and then do Hyaluron pen on clients the next day, which to me is terrifying. Um, and I don't like, first of all, how do people sleep at night knowing that they're putting in an unknown product in somebody's face? But what I've seen happening, the implications of this are that lips are super lumpy, they're bumpy and we can't dissolve it because we don't know what the product is that we're trying to dissolve. So tyrants over, I'm just going to step down from the soapbox and just don't do it. Just say no to Hyaluron pen. 
come at me. Come at me, Hyaluron Pen, and all you, you Hyaluron Pen people. I will gladly battle this out for with you too. Like I have no problem with it at all. Anyway, so on to the next subject. Um, so okay, what I tell my clients after they get lip filler is the same thing that you tell them just, you know, I like to over-educate because I feel like that helps to bring down the panic level a little bit. You know, what I say is on day one, you're going to feel like they're huge and you're going to be very self-conscious. It's the only silver lining to wearing masks, in my opinion, right now is that you can cover them up. Nobody will know, but you're still going to feel like your lips are going to walk into the room before you and that you have to introduce your lips first. That's just the way that it's going to be. And then on day two, we're both going to agree that they are huge because that's day two is the peak day of swelling day three, same thing. Day four or five, you know, they start to go down. And then what happens by week two, you're going to tell me, I think I need more or they're perfect. And so I tell my people the same thing. If you are terrified during the healing process, you're going to love them once they're healed. If you love them during the healing process, you're going to want to put more in. And that's an important point. A lot of people think, you know, they'll come in with pictures of whatever their lip goals are. And let's say they show me a picture of Kylie Jenner circa 2005. 16. And when her lips were like huge before she told everybody that she dissolved it all. (laughs) Okay. But, um, let's just, let's just say that you show me that picture and then you come in and you have lips that are almost non-existent and, and yours are definitely (laughs) the hardest lips to fill our Sam's like, she goes, can you do mine? I'm like, damn it. She's like, it's always, I'm going to have to like Get a few days to prepare for Sam's lips. Well, it's always hard to inject other injectors because like the judgment, you know, like, I mean, you, you've well, done that, my lips but too But I before. have M-shaped lips, so it just makes a whole uh, other fun The game. M-shaped yeah, lips are so, so complicated. Anyways. But anyway, so let's say you show me that picture of the non-existent lip and, or I'm sorry, the Kylie Jenner lip, and then you have the non-existent lip. There is no way in earth unless Jesus came down and had this like holy water of filler that you're going to accomplish that in one syringe. And that's another reason why I don't quote even lip filler. You know, people be like, well, where's your website with your prices on there? I know some people list prices. I personally don't a cause I'm lazy, but, and I have a lot of crap. I'm not lazy, but I just have a lot of crap going on. So, but that's one reason. But the second reason is it's a range. It's always a range. And so I tell people, you know, lip filler is a journey. It is not a one-time thing. And even though the lip fillers that I use last a little bit longer, that doesn't mean that you're going to come back at that time. You're probably going to come back beforehand because it's a progressive loss of filler. It's not a drastic, you wake up one morning and they're all gone. So, you know, with that being said, if you have the non-existent lips, you might be looking at three syringes. I never do more than one at a time. I've done it. I've done it once. And it was this, it was this girl from Dallas and she was like, no, I'm a level expert. I get two every time. So I'm I was like, expert. I'm a level expert at lip filler getting. So, you know, I love whenever they come and they're like, this is what I want. This is what you should do. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. But I, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. So normally I only do one syringe. Um, and then, you know, we wait, I wait two weeks at least, and then you can build your lips up to whatever your goal is. And then you maintain it however long that we decide and people dissolve filler not dissolve it, but people metabolize their filler differently based on a lot of factors too. So the other golden question that I get so many times that I love, do you do half syringes? No, I do not. Why not? One, you're paying for my expertise. And two, you know, it's a sterile package. It's designed specifically for you. Once it's open, we run to the rest of, you know, bacteria, all that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to deal with all that. So yeah, it is there for you. Um, and only for you. Yeah, I agree. So same thing. So there's, there's a lot of places I can't wait for the heat that I get from this. I will fight all of y'all. I I know there's a lot of places that offer half syringes of filler. I don't know if they know this, but as soon as it, it filler is a prescription, Once you open that package, that package is for that one client. So the places that are opening their packages of filler and then putting them in separate syringes and selling them as such, that's not legal. 
actually. So that's, that's red flag number one. Um, so, you know, there's a very, very rare occasion that I'll inject a half a syringe and then hold it for two weeks. But it's just like you said, there's like it's under a sterile, eyes or something yeah, like that. And because I want, I want to finesse it and see what it's going to settle into and see if we need to add more. Because I also think like, you know, it would suck if we put a little bit in the tear troughs, put it the rest, you know, in preventative areas and then decide that you need more in the tear troughs. Now you're having to purchase a whole nother syringe. So I also, you know, feel for that too, and try to make it as fair as possible. So there are very rare occasions, but in regards to the lips, no, I don't do that because you get that half syringe and you're going to love them for two weeks because you love the swelling. Then when the swelling goes away, you're going to come to me and be like, I got this half syringe filler, but I notice zero difference. That's because the full syringe is only a fifth of a teaspoon. So if you cut that in half, then you, I don't know how to do fractions. What is that? Math is hard. I don't, it's you know. a, it's a lot less. Okay. So it, it really just means that you have barely anything in your lips. So I do, I do the full syringe on people in the off chance that we don't use the full syringe in the lips. I promise you, I will find a place to put it. That was what I was going to say next. Yeah. We don't throw away filler. It's against girl code. That shit's expensive. So yeah, we're going to find a place to use it. And that doesn't mean that you're going to look unnatural because again, there's a lot of places that lose volume that you're not even aware of that we can do preventative treatment on to, you know, keep it from looking worse. Right. So no on the half syringes and, um, and yeah, so but if you really do want a half syringe, you can come in and we can order it sp- specifically for you that yeah. way. But it's going to be it's, it's more expensive, better bang for your buck to just get the full syringe, honestly. Yeah. But they actually do a few of them have them pre packaged with the half syringe. So, and yeah, and I'll like clear the said, air on that one. But yeah, <laughs> like, would what? you rather pay 400 or 650 and get, you know, double? So might as well get the full syringe. So, yeah. Okay. So uh, on, if you're listening to this, I'm also doing an Instagram live at the same time. So if it sounds like I'm thinking I, I am because I can't multitask and think at the same time. So Serena is saying that it's scary to see so many people doing it now and day nowadays and hearing this, knowing that they're doing wrong. That's why I've only ever trusted and recommended you. Number one, thank you. That's the goal is, you know, to build a trusting relationship with my clients and forever. Like that's, I want you to come in and and feel like we're best friends because I do truly want the best for every single person that walks through my door. And if I don't, then I'm not, I'm not doing it right. And I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Um, to backtrack, there's so many ways to do filler. And because I do it a certain way does not mean that that is the only way to do it. Um, I've had, you know, people where I've done my style and, and, you know, I'm, I'm human. I'm not perfect. You know, we're all human injectors. So there's going to be times that you're like, Oh, I don't really like this. I also tell my clients is there, if there's ever something that you don't like, please come to me because I promise you, I'm not going to be that injector. That's like, no, that's just the way that it is. Like it looks good. No, it's your face. So yes. you determine what looks good. I'm here to accomplish what your personal goal is. Preach. So right. I'm just bringing you guys to church again <laughs> on a Monday. Actually it's Tuesday. For you guys listening. But yeah, we want you to feel comfortable with us. We never want you to be in a room feeling bullied because I've heard that, you know, before. And it's it's all about the trusting relationship. So For ultimately, sure. I want you happy at the end of the day. That's all yeah. I really care about. Yeah, Not about... Same you know, what I want. It's about you. Same. So yeah, just to go back to that comment. Yeah. There's a lot of places that do offer that. And a lot of times people don't realize that that's not the right way to do it. So I want to just smooth that out a little bit, just a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, thank you for trusting me. And I'm so glad that you're a client of mine. That's the best compliment. It is. It is the best. So I really do. Like, I'm very, very passionate about what I do. I love what I do. And I'm very blessed to be in a position where I can practice doing what I love every single day. Um, it's, it's amazing. And I know you feel the same way because you are, you're an amazing injector as well. That's why whenever I was like, who can I get to talk about filler? And I'm like, you know what, Sam, (laughs) come on back, girl. We need you here to talk about this because your approach is very similar, similar to mine. So yeah, I mean, okay. So that's filler. 
I mean, we talked about the consultation process, the facial rejuvenation process, uppers and lowers. That sounds really bad. That sound like a psych med. Um, the bottom. I don't know. The that could go another way too. Yeah, that could, whew, like we could really go down a whole nother rabbit hole that I just don't think people are prepared for. The idea though. Yeah, you know what we're talking about. So um, if you guys aren't following Sam on her social media, please do. We're in a very big environment of collaboration over competition. Like we, I'm trying to build a really strong community of injectors where that way, you know, if for some reason that I'm out for whatever reason, I can send people to other people and whatnot, whatever. Give your social media. I was trying to talk and I lost my English. Thank you. You're so sweet. It is the beauty mark RN. Yes. So make sure you follow Sam. Please follow my social medias. Um, I swear I've been stuck at a certain number for like seven days and it's really irritating because Instagram is rude. But follow my social media. It's at inductor underscore Heather. And I think I think you can also like click this like three dot thing. It takes two seconds where you can turn on notifications for my posts. I promise I won't like spam you. But I think that helps as well. But the real reason is because I want you guys to be an active participant in the series. And every, every time I've done this, you guys have really come through with good questions and good feedback. And I listen to every single one of them. I promise sometimes it takes a couple of days to get back to people because I'm horrible. Are you that person that has like all the notifications on your phone or do you try to clear them out because of your OCD? I'm the, no, but you should see my email <laughs> I, every day I'm like, I need to clear out all that. And there's like probably like 50,000. Oh my God. I'm not even that bad. Everyone looks at my phone, they get anxiety. But then I look at other people's phone like yeah, yours mine. and you have like it looks like a red 50 unread text messages. It's, so that gives me anxiety. So, so their yeah. own. <laughs> just know that I look at every single one. But yeah, sometimes it takes me a second to respond. But going back, follow that because I do like to interact with you guys and then go on Spotify, iTunes, or any platform you use that you prefer to listen to your podcast on. Make sure you subscribe. I heard through the grapevine that I'm going to get harassed into turning this into a YouTube channel at some point. So is that the new cool thing to do? I, yeah. It's a cool thing. I'm trying yeah. to stay cool, you know, but yeah, so follow along. Cause there's going to be a lot of exciting things to talk about. I think our next episode, we're going to be talking on skin tightening, which is going to include the threads, which I know several of you, this isn't just, I know so many people have been asking and then nobody asks, but several people have been, you know, asking about threads because I have an obsession with them right now. So we're going to dive deep into that and, um, and go from there. So I appreciate everybody for listening to another episode of sex, love and injectables. I'm so glad to have you on again, Sam. Thank you for letting me aggressively make you come here forcefully. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And I mean, you're probably gonna come on somewhere. So just be prepared for that phone call, but I will see everybody next week on the next episode of sex, love and injectables. 